Hi guys, I'm Brad Montgomery, and this is The Breakdown, where we take a look at different topics in science, investing, and psychology. Today we're focusing on the Southwest Monsoon. Before we get started, in case you've missed any of our episodes, you can always head over to kfoxtv.com forward slash the hyphen breakdown. Now let's break it down. I'm with Tim Bryce. He's the National Weather Service meteorologist and forecaster. And we're going to be talking about the Southwest monsoon. And, and th there's a lot that goes along with it. Yes. Uh, we're going to be talking about all the facets of things, the way the atmosphere changes, things that we can expect to come along with it. Because here we are in the Southwest. Mm -hmm. A lot of people kind of know that we get thunderstorms July and August, but they don't really know all that takes shape to kind of bring that about to True. us here in the middle of the desert. Uh, when we basically can go from very, very dry conditions mm -hmm. to all of a sudden these downpours like you would see maybe areas east of here. Right. Uh, you know, so let's get right into it. First thing I want to talk about is what is basically the definition of the Southwest monsoon. Let's start with the definition sure. and then what it does to the atmosphere. Well, basically, you know, a lot of people, when they hear the word monsoon, they immediately go to rain. Right. But the technical definition for a monsoon is a seasonal shift in the winds. And uh, the North American monsoon is just one of many monsoons around the world. Uh, the more famous one, of course, is in the, around India. They have a monsoon that, that, that really, really brings rain. Very impressive. <laughs> uh, but we do have one in the, it's called the North American monsoon. And it is a seasonal switch in the winds. Basically, during the springtime, we have uh, those warm, dry winds that we all know bring the dust and the, right. the winds and things like that. Um, but come about uh, late June and into July, our winds will swing around to the south, maybe even southeast, and that starts to pull in all kinds of moisture from uh, Gulf of California, the uh, Gulf of Mexico, and it's that, though it is just a, a wind shift, but that wind shift is what brings in the moisture that helps fuel the thunderstorms. And and what this does to the atmosphere, let, let, you know, we mentioned like the, the, the wind shift, right? The wind's becoming more from westerly dry mm -hmm. to more south and southeasterly. Also on the mid and upper levels, some things take shape as well, where if you get everything kind of layered together just right, and you get all this moisture at, yep. at all levels, you can almost run into some trouble dropping the kind of rainfall that some of these storms can do in a, in a generally semi-arid climate. In the mid and upper levels, what, what are we looking at? We need, you you want to increase the moisture up and down the column. You know, uh, we all live down here at the Earth's surface, but actually the, the atmosphere is three-dimensional. And um, so there can be dry layers. There can be, usually as you go up in the atmosphere, it gets colder. Not all the times, but most of the time. Uh, and a lot of times as you go up in the atmosphere, it gets drier. But during the monsoon season, what we want to see is a lot of moisture influx near the surface, but actually higher up as well. And when you start to saturate or get a lot of moisture in that whole column of air, it makes the thunderstorms that do form very efficient mm -hmm. at rain. Uh, I think we've all seen out there, when you've seen some of these uh, during the late spring, these thunderstorms we get, and you can see, I can see the rain falling out, but it doesn't quite reach right, the ground. Right, yeah. You get that, that, that evaporation, we call it the verga. And um, so what happens though in the monsoon season, uh, we're very moist all the way from the ground, all the way up in the atmosphere, and you don't get a chance to evaporate any of that. And it all just comes out of the cloud and comes down. And that's where we, we call those uh, high precipitation uh, rainstorms, very efficient rain producers. Yeah. And all that rain that comes out is actually what's hitting the ground. And that's when we can start to see those totals really uh, pile up. And you know, it's interesting in that, and, and you've probably noticed this too, in that kind of atmosphere, when we do have kind of one of those beefed up monsoon uh, type scenarios. I've seen 
the some of the smallest clouds where it makes it to the ground. Yes. You know, driving down I-10 and these little drops are hitting the window and I look up and I'm like, that has to be that cloud. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes. What can make it down, like you said, when you have moisture through the mm -hmm. column. That that's the big the big difference. What what other types of basically weather can accompany that? So the monsoon season brings a whole handful of different kinds of weather threats, including um, some of the obvious ones like lightning. Um, some of the less obvious ones that people don't think of is heat. Right. Uh, we do get, we, we just went through a hot spell. And actually people, you know, they go, oh, it's hot. Of course it's El Paso, it's hot. But we actually need that heat, that really hot temperatures to start to heat up the whole kind of southwest part of the United States. Yes. And that's actually what starts the whole process that gets us the monsoon flow going. So we actually need that, those week or two of really hot temperatures. To get that vacuum. To get that kind of, <laughs> what happens, you get a big area of low pressure develops over the, the whole southwest part of the United States. And then low pressure, the way I, I describe it is that when I talk to the kids in school, is that you get these air molecules all rushing into the middle of that right. area of low pressure. Right. And just like when you squeeze that tube of toothpaste, that toothpaste comes out of the tube, this, the air molecules get squeezed together and they can't go down because of the ground, so they go up. Right. And anytime we get an upward motion, that's what we need to get starting to get clouds and things. So that upward motion, that just brings in more, comes in from the sides and yep. the places where it comes from is the Gulf of California, moisture. Pacific Ocean, Gulf of Mexico, all that moisture feeds in here. And that's what really kickstarts things. But we do have breaks in the monsoon. It's right. just like, you know, if you think about it like the hurricane season, we don't have hurricanes every single day of the hurricane season. Very true. We don't have a lot of moisture every single day of the monsoon season. We can have breaks where it actually gets very warm again. And you guys have termed it? The, well, the monsoon the or monsoon, something, yeah. something like that. So um, you, you can get, um, the, so we end up being, you know, we, we have our temperatures creeping back up towards 100. So right. heat is a, during the summer is always kind of lurking there. When we get that moisture in here, it tends to tap it down a little. Right. But when it dries back out for maybe a week or so, that moisture or that, that heat can really come back and start to warm us up. So we got heat, you've got um, lightning, um, and let's um, uh, wind, downburst winds, right. you know, That's from right. any kind of thunderstorms. Especially so, on the onset. Exactly. The onset, offset, as we start to moisten up in this uh, late spring, or as we start to uh, dry out, headed into the early fall, is when we can get uh, more of our severe weather, hail, and things like that. But when you're right in the middle of monsoon, the one that we're really focused on is that, that heavy rain and that flash flooding. Hey, yeah, I, I read this out of, uh, I think it was a Phoenix discussion, and it may have been, it was last year. It, it was one of the meteorological uh, meteorologists in the Southwest, and they were talking about that, which you'd mentioned how you get these big heat ups, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden moisture just starts yep. coming in from every direction. Yeah. And and they were they were saying how interesting it is how you go hot, 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 and then all of a sudden bang, it, it, that can sometimes you can have a pretty quick turnover right. to monsoon. Uh, but two years ago, that was really interesting. So last year we had healthy totals as far as for sure goes. yeah it was very nice well, no we really liked it we did and and then but the year prior yeah, yeah <laughs> quite literally i mean there's no better way to put it and what what happened two years ago to where the pattern just never really took exactly so um what happens is that we we do have a certain pattern um right actually as, as we're recording this today um you know we actually have a very monsoon pattern going on we've got 
a big trough to our west, a big ridge to our east, and the circulations around those, I tell people, it's kind of like a squeegee. Yeah. And it's pulling this moisture straight up out of the, the tropics, and it's pulling it right through uh, far west Texas, uh, southern uh, New Mexico. And that's why, you know, we've got excessive rainfall chances today, heavy rain. Um, so we that pattern is what we need, and it kind of ebbs and flows. Well, two years ago, that pattern, we had a ridge actually came and sat on top of us. It's, instead of it being off-centered, off to one side. To direct side, the moisture. To, yeah, kind of pull the moisture in there. Um, it was sat on top of us. And the, the upper level, just like I was talking about, low pressure is the best for clouds. High pressure is the worst. Because instead of the air going up, it's all coming down. It's being heated. Uh, it's drying out. Uh, so I, I, if I remember right, the... 2000, uh, let's see, 20s monsoon was, it was top 10 for the lowest, maybe wow. fifth or sixth driest monsoon seasons ever. Whereas then last year we had one of the top 10 most yeah. uh, rainfalls for our monsoon season. So it's it's feast or famine sometimes for us. We, we really depend on the monsoon moisture and when it doesn't show up, it, it can be very frustrating and, and difficult. And it's interesting because the Mexican monsoon, I guess runs, I think I, I read it runs basically May through kind of October, right. basically a month longer on each end. And it's a little bit more reliable because they're down toward the tropics. Right. So we, we kind of feed off of, we're on the northern end of that. And and then the farther north you go mm -hmm. through the Rockies, it mm -hmm. becomes a little bit less reliable exactly. because the westerlies can kind yep. of chop it off. But yeah, it was it was something that that year just did not get established. As you mentioned, high pressure right overhead. Yep. And when you don't have the clouds and the moisture, our averages tend to go down July and August, our average highs. Right. But then we were breaking oh. record highs because we just didn't have any storms building up. We didn't have any showers building up. We didn't have that that moisture in the clouds to right. keep the numbers down. So, so that would be the example of extreme, well, one of the more extreme examples of a non-suit. The most extreme, I, I, I don't know, I, I imagine a lot of people can remember back in the summer of 1994. Mm -hmm. We were setting all kinds of heat records it also set the record for the least amount of precipitation through our monsoon season. I guess I should define that. The monsoon season here in the desert southwest, basically mid-June through the end of September. So you add up all the rainfall in there, usually we get uh, three, four inches of rain. Uh, it doesn't all come at once, it's all kind of spread out. But during 1994, I think it was, it was 23 hundredths of an inch. It was. It was wow. terrible. It was a terrible <laughs> year. Last year, or two years ago, when we didn't have much of a monsoon, we still got almost two inches of rain. Right. So it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't for sure wasn't great. Um, I forget what our rainfall totals were last year, uh, six, seven inches. And of course, people also probably remember 2006. Yeah. Uh, that was our record monsoon that season. That was amazing. That was, that was going into, I'll never forget August 1st, 2nd, 3rd. Yes. It just wouldn't stop raining. Nope. And then, and then, like the two weeks after that, it continued with yep. these bouts of rain. And apparently, people had told me, and I, because I didn't remember what the leading up to it, apparently we had had some rain in July. Yes. So it's not exactly that the soils were totally yep. ready for that. But I mean, August first, second, third. I've never seen rain like that nope. here in my life. And I, and I want to say, and I remember, and, and and you can kind of remember this too. It was that day. The the, the I believe it was. Was it August 1st, 2nd, or 3rd when they had the 8 to 10 inches on the west side? August 1st. August 1st. So that day, coming through that morning, we we were doing cut-ins. I mean, there was flooding. It was it was getting pretty crazy. Our studios flooded August 1st, 2006. And the the I remember the anchors asked me, they said, when's this? Finally, they asked me, when's this going to stop? And I said, it's not. Nope. And it didn't. And the totals that came in were areas 
just to basically the west of West El Paso and northwest of West El Paso, around eight inches. And then later, with some of the data being yep. reviewed, they were saying that some of the stations approached around 10 inches. Yes. I mean, that's... In, in one day. In one, that's our yearly rain. I mean, and exactly. eight inches of rain is a lot in Dallas. Right. I mean, you put that on desert soil. I mean, it, it, it was a, it was amazing that, that more didn't happen. Well, it was, it was one of those days where it rained a lot. And I could explain, you know, basically we had thunderstorms popping up over, basically up by Anthony. We had a wind pushing them down to the south. And then they rained all the way down the spine of right. spine or on just to the west of the, the Franklin Mountains. But then more storms popped up right around Anthony and moved south and more. And we call them training storms. Yep. And they were very efficient of rain. Uh, and so you ended up with, like you said, 8 to 10 inches. And we had water coming out in all kinds of places. Um, you know, and, and eventually the, the Rio Grande was even affected. That's um, right. It's a controlled river, but when you put enough water in it, it starts to, the river came up too, and we had we were reaching flood stage on the Rio Grande here that's in right. town. That's right, river so, flood warnings. Exactly. That's so right. That, that, that's, we, water was just pouring into the river from all directions uh, across town. We had flooding in places we hadn't seen flooding in, 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 in dozens of years. And I couldn't, you know, everything greened up on the Franklins. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the, the soils and everything, the, the rocky soils, the, the porous soils, the river soil, everything was saturated. It didn't matter what kind of soil you had. Yeah. It was full. And I remember you'd have these showers that would pass along the Franklins. And they, some of them even had like the more smaller tropical type raindrops, mm -hmm. just the atmosphere that was there. And you'd see these, the, the little almost like creeks running on the side yeah. of the Franklins, almost as if you're somewhere tropical. Right. I had never seen that, but that was just, that. so 06 was, was a very extreme example. Exactly. Obviously to the, to the other side. Uh, so, and you mentioned last year's coming in, two years ago was super dry. Last year's came in, we made top 10 to top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and this year, we're going in a little earlier yes. than normal. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I'm already seeing signs that we're going to have a couple days of really good rain chances. Then we're going to dry back out. Yeah. And then it looks like we're going to moisten Next back week. up. So, yeah. uh, it's, you know, like you said, on average, uh, people always say, you know, it always rains on July 4th. Yes, that was the unofficial official and before. That, that's kind of the official first or unofficial day when that mo the moisture starts to move in, but it usually it, it, it takes a little while to build up. Right. And usually on July 4th, people go, oh, it always rains on July 4th. Well, it's actually, it only rains like one out of every three July 4th. Okay. But everybody's outside, everybody's looking at fireworks and, and they cookouts, see the lightning too. and they see <laughs> lightning here or there, even though it's far away on the desert, and they go, oh, well, it's raining, it's yeah. thunderstorms. Um, so... Um, that's when people really associate it. So this oh, year we, we are a little ahead of schedule, yeah. uh, late June. But like I said, it's not uncommon for it to get started in June. Like I said, we'll dry back out, we'll moisten back up off and on uh, through the rest of the summer. Now, so so this is this is kind of the the what is the monsoon, kind of the extremes on both ends. I want to kind of pivot to some of the safety tips because okay. it is. It is it is different weather, you know, when you kind of move tropical air into the desert, it's a lot different weather than we see in February and March. Right. So uh, what are some safety tips that, that you can kind of recommend for people and their family as far as, you know, everything from lightning to flooding? Let's start with lightning. Sure. Uh, so we have a saying, uh, when thunder roars, go indoors. Basically, if you're outside and you hear thunder, you're in danger of being struck by lightning. Um, you know, we've all we all know that it, it doesn't happen very often that somebody is struck by lightning. But if you are outside and you do hear thunder, 
you're at risk right. because if you can hear it, then it's close enough to be. So like I said, uh, when thunder roars go indoors, uh, just to be safe. So if you're out at the pool, um, if you're up at the lake, uh, or even if you're out hiking or yeah. anything like that, if you hear thunder, it's time to head inside just to be safe. Uh, or, or at least seek shelter in a building. Or uh, if you want to be safe from the lightning, you can get in even in getting into a car in a truck is safe because it's a metal box, you're inside of that. Lightning, uh, which is just electricity, tends to stay on the outside of metal. So if you're inside the metal car, metal truck, now if it's a convertible, I, I can't make right. any promises. That's true. <laughs> but if, you, uh, if you're inside that car or truck, you'll windows, be safe, up. windows up, you'll be safe from any kind of lightning. And, and another one um, I want to mention because when, when, you, when you hike, sometimes people get stuck by this. It, and, and I heard it said it's not so much storms in the distance that yeah. catch hikers off guard it's when they build right over you uh, i had an instance in phoenix one time i was hiking the cloud base was getting lower and lower big raindrops started coming down and i i got out of there because Good. you, you got to keep an eye out too because every now and then you won't notice and there will be a storm developing right over your home you know right. maybe you're outside cutting the grass the sun's coming in at an angle and you won't really notice it. Maybe you'll notice the big raindrops that start to come down. And so, you know, that, you know, kind of look uh -oh. up, you what? know, <laughs> see what's over you. Exactly. So that, that could be a thing. Just being weather aware uh, yeah. during the monsoon season, almost, you know, especially once we moisten up, almost any day can get thunderstorms. Where they exactly will be is a is almost, uh, it's a very difficult challenge. We know that if you're, the mountains always start off during the, the late morning hours. But then outflow boundaries, which is kind of a cool air mass that comes out of these thunderstorms, will move down into the lowlands. And those act like mini cold fronts. Okay. And they uh, they lift the atmosphere, just like low pressure does. These little mini cold fronts are moving out there and they're lifting up the atmosphere. And just wherever they're running along, they will lift up the atmosphere and they'll start new thunderstorms. And as long as we, I always t tell people, as long as you can see lightning and going on, there's still a chance for thunderstorms because one thunderstorm can, as it's dying, it sends out that cold air, right can kick off more thunderstorms and then those will kick off more thunderstorms uh so it kind of kind of is a chain like reaction secondary kind of tertiary <laughs> exactly exactly and now you within the, the monsoon you, you notice and we talked about too it can easily take a break yes and then when it does temperatures can rise again yes. so some of the heat safety tips so that you guys... yeah, the heat safety tips a lot of it's common sense uh, we just need to, you know, when, it, when we start to see the temperature, and especially during the monsoon season, because we may dry out enough that we don't get uh, uh, thunderstorms, but it's still got a fair amount of moisture in the atmosphere. And, you know, during the springtime, when it, when we're, we're starting to get warm, it's still pretty dry. Right, right. And um, we can tolerate, our bodies can tolerate that. But when our, when our uh, you know, relative humidity is up and the dew point's up and there's a lot more moisture in there, our bodies work so much harder to stay uh, cool. Okay. Uh, so when the temperature starts to creep up towards upper 90s, 100 degrees, but your relative humidity is also higher. Right. Then that's a. If you have to be outside, you want to make sure you take plenty of breaks, drink uh, plenty of water, uh, just some common sense things. Let yourself have time to break, uh, uh, cool down. You know, maybe go inside for a little while, uh, because our bodies are working so much harder. When, like I said, in the springtime, when we sweat, that evaporates. You know, if anybody that gets out of a swimming pool during during the summer knows that, that, that little cool feeling. Well, yeah, that's sure. that's the water that was on your skin that's evaporating off, and it's a cooling effect. A lot of houses have evaporative coolers. Exactly. That's how we cool the houses. Well, that's how your body stays cool. You basically your body is a big evaporative cooler, and um, but 
We also know that when evaporative coolers don't work so great when, when, it's, the, humid. when it's humid. Yeah. And our bodies do the same thing. They don't cool down as well. So our bodies start to work harder and harder when it's, uh, there's more moisture in the air. And that's when your body can uh, become affected. If you're not careful, you can get heat, uh, a heat stroke, uh, any exhaustion. of these heat, heat exhaustion, any of these heat emergencies. Uh, so that's where you just need to be careful. And you know, you, you, you triggered a memory, you know, when you, when you talked about versus spring, I'll take 100 degrees in May, oh, yeah. any day over 100 degrees in July or yeah, August. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, that 10% that humidity in May, a lot of times you don't even realize how hot it is. You just right. have to stay hydrated right. and you're fine. So, okay, and then also driving, some driving safety tips during summer monsoon because you can have on the onset, dust can be an issue, right. so safe tips on that, and then flooding potentially. So, you know, the monsoon threats when it comes to driving are twofold. Uh, first, heavy rain. Just be careful, you know, you, you can be driving down the road and you have nice and then all of a sudden you run into one of these uh, kind of these monsoon downpours and you can go from, I can see pretty good, and easy driving to very dangerous driving. So you want to always uh, adjust your driving ability. You know, if it starts to rain, if you start to have lower visibility because of rain, you want to start to spread out, slow down and uh, make room for everybody so you all have room to, if you need to start sliding around, people start slamming on brakes and things like that. So just always be cautious. With the dust, it's, it's actually a similar kind of thing uh, because what happens, I, I mentioned that out of these thunderstorms, you get these big uh, outflow boundaries, this cool air, and they will, if it's not uh, moist enough, they'll actually start to pick up a bunch of dust and sand out in the desert. And especially out in places like along I-10 between yeah. Deming and Lordsburg, right. uh, we can see a lot of these, what they're called haboobs, basically just big dust clouds that come out of these thunderstorms. And again, you can go from a sunshiny day to pitch black, almost pitch black darkness inside one of these dust clouds. So again, you in, in that situation where you have near zero visibility, you want to pull off the road as far as you can, take your foot off the brake, uh, turn off your lights, and just wait there. Unfortunately, a lot of people will either slow down down or they'll actually stop and then we have other cars or trucks that are not can't see you and they end up plowing into the back of you and things like that I, and I just actually you mentioned that I had somebody just asked me not that long ago they said why do you turn off your lights and I and I my guess was because people will still think you're in the lanes uh -huh. of traffic and they'll They'll People do it even, you know, when police pull somebody over. Some, every now and then you see the videos where somebody slams into them because they think they're in a lane of traffic, I guess. So that's important. Yes, that's exactly right. Because people, once they get in that situation, then you start, well, I can't see the road. Right. I can see some lights. The light's over there. I guess the road's over there. And they'll swarm over there and they'll keep going. Even though you're way off to one side on the shoulder and everything, they think they're, they can't see where the road is and they'll, they'll swerve over and they end up running into you that way. Now, there is some, where, where can people go to find out more information? Because there's some people that like to chase, there are people I like to take lightning photography. So, so I know you guys have a lot of resources as far as learning more about monsoonal type weather. Where can people go to maybe access some of this information and also just to kind of sightsee for some stuff? So, um, you know, we have our, our, the weather service office here in town has a, our own website, but the, if, if you're interested in safety, uh, I would go weather.gov slash safety is what it comes down to. And they have... If you can think of a weather threat, they got it there. Um, you know, if you're talking, thinking about uh, hurricanes, uh, tornadoes, flash floods, dust, uh, ice storms, anything like that, uh, they have they have safety tips related to all of those. But you can go there and you can pick by subject. You know, I'm interested in heavy rain, flooding, and they'll have safety tips related to all of those things as well. You can always get the latest forecast. Of course, you guys always provide latest forecasts on television. Uh, we have the same thing on our website. So, you know, you. 
I just encourage you to have multiple sources, multiple ways to get the forecast. You know, one thing we don't have a lot of here in El Paso, but something that we provide with the weather service is called Weather Radio. Ah. And it's, you can buy it at CVS, uh, Walgreens, Walmart. And those are just basically, we have a transmitter up on Franklin Mountain, and it basically plays uh, current conditions, forecasts all the time. But if we ever issue a severe thunderstorm warning, flash flood warning, anything like that, these are transmitters that are made to automatically turn on and alert your family of impending severe weather. So that's another way you can stay safe. And you have one right behind you. Oh, and that, see, and that can actually come in handy as well. There it is. Yeah, because every now and then we'll get the downburst winds. Yes. And that can get a little scary. Yes. And so, and, and they do a really good job, I'll say in this market, radio and television, uh, getting those severe thunderstorm warnings out over the air. Uh, so, and, and that's another thing, those, those downburst winds can be damaging as well. The key is to getting the information out. We're real good at detecting it, but we know that our, our partners in broadcasting, TV and radio do a great job of reaching the public. So we're always looking forward to continuing that relationship, working with uh, you know, all the media people, just so that we're all on the same page and helping, because we all want people to stay safe. That's what it comes down to is you, uh, everyone's safety. Right. And when we all work together and we all agree, then it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, for sure. And these these three months, it's, it's very interesting weather here in the borderland. We're looking at, you know, we got, we actually get a little snow in the winter time. I know. We got our dry desert weather like we would typically expect. And then we get a little bit of the tropics kind of trying to bleed in from the south yep. with the monsoonal flow and the Gulf of California, Sea of Cortez moisture, Gulf of Mexico moisture. So it definitely keeps it interesting here. One thing I want to talk about really briefly before we kind of close out is we had touched on this at the, at the very front end, kind of on the bookends of the monsoon season. As it kind of wraps up, when the westerlies come back down, yes. while we have some moisture here, we can actually have some severe weather set up. For sure. Which you kind of can see east of here. Yes. Right here. Yes. I, I, it has been, I, I know that I, we don't issue we don't issue many tornado warnings here, but uh, the tornado warnings I've issued have been in September and October and early November uh, for that very thing. When we're very moist, the atmosphere doesn't have it can't really make a lot of hail, can't make a lot of wind, can make a lot of rain. But as we transition into it, like you were saying, or transition out of it, we uh, we start to have the cold fronts moving along. We still have that moisture, so we have the fuel, we have the lift, and that's where we start to get, and we actually have more dry air into the middle part of the atmosphere. And that's all of those weather ingredients need to come together just right. Uh, they usually don't, but uh, sometimes during our early fall season, we do get what typically you would see more in the Midwest, right. where uh, large thunderstorms that are capable of producing very large hail. I think, oh, I can't remember the year that we had the large hailstorm. That went down the east side. Right down the east side yeah. uh, that dumped, uh, uh, you know, baseball-sized hail right along I-10, all the car dealerships there, people's homes and things like that. Uh, that was a, a September storm, if I remember right. So um, definitely as we start to dry out, we can start to see that potential. That's a kind of a second severe season for us. Well, there you have it, the Southwest Monsoon. And thank you very much, meteorologist Tim Bryce. You betcha. To talk to you again soon. Oh, you bet. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you get notified when we post a new one. Leave us a comment and share this podcast with your friends. Thank you for breaking it down with me. I'm Brad Montgomery. And join us next time here on The Breakdown. <laughs>